What is up, everybody? If you're tuning in, this is the Rise and Grind Show with your boy Woody, aka the Disciple. And today we're going to be continuing on our journey in the book of Haggai. Now, if you don't know, before in the previous episode we were talking about prosperity and how God wants you to be prosperous, but also talking about how is it that you get that prosperity. So we're going to kick into it, sit back, relax, sip some coffee, and do your thing. Okay guys, so we're going to be continuing our journey on this path to success, on this path to prosperity, understanding the process that we have to go through to get to where we have to go. Um, And before, in the previous episode we were talking about in Haggai, if you haven't read the story yet, I suggest that you take a look at it. Take two minutes. It'll take you two minutes to read. It's a really, really short book in the Bible, but it really gives you a compounded but understandable message on what it is that you need to do to be successful especially if you're coming from a background a christian background but especially if you don't understand what god's purpose is and you don't know who god is in your life this is like the perfect way to know what it is that he's looking for from us and what it is he's trying to give us in terms because we always think that god is this menacing this if you don't do what i'm saying you're gonna be punished kind of god and it's just not that in society in the world we have rules rules need to be followed if those rules aren't followed there are consequences if those rules are broken there are consequences but god doesn't work in a punitive demeanor he's not a punitive god He's all about redeeming. He's all about restoring. He's all about giving you everything and anything it is that you possibly could want. Anything and everything you could possibly need. And really, if we understand this short, small story, we'd be able to get a really, really big picture and understanding what it is that we can do. And you can really see the change in your life, honestly. So let's get started, okay? Now, if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm just going to do a really quick recap for you guys, okay? So, a short summary of what Haggai is about. It is about the nation of Israel and how God had asked them to build up his house. Essentially, you can think of it as go and tell somebody about me, right? Um, Go out there love each other, you know, bring, tell somebody that about me, about what I can do for them in their lives, like the same things that I've done for you, because I've saved you from captivity, I've brought you all of these miracles, I've saved so many of you, just tell someone that I can do the same for them, and the nation of Israel was very rebellious, so they said, how are we going to build your house when I'm trying to build my own house, and you can take that and and consider it as well in today's terms as well god how how am i going to do all these things for you when i have my life to think about and i have this business that i have to consider and i have my wife my children that i have to consider and i have to work every day how can i focus on you how can i focus on telling people about how amazing you are and your miracles when i'm busy and god was upset he was furious so he sent a prophet prophet Haggai to tell them 
to just rethink, reevaluate what you're saying and what you're doing to God, right? I guess the common place or the common way of thinking would, when something bad happens, is like, wow, I'm down on my luck today, or, you know, um, the devil's trying to bring me down, or the world just wants to see me end. And we push and we try and we work, but, you know, everything that we're doing just there's no provision from it there's no fruit from it there's no avail it just seems like we're working we're working we're working and it's going nowhere and God says that it's not the devil that you have to worry about it's not the world that you have to worry about it's not bad luck that you have to worry about if you don't build my house if you don't do what it is that I'm asking of you you're gonna have to worry about me blowing it away Right? Because honestly, they, the Bible says that if God is with you, who can stand against you? Right? You're the child, you're the daughter, you're the son of the king of all kings. So who would be able to stand against you but your father? And as his children, he has the absolute right to ask something of us, right? If you, I'm, I guess this is more relatable to a parent or a guardian or just someone that's older. If you have a son, a daughter, even a younger brother, a younger sister, you know, you have the right to tell them, hey, uh, you're not going to play video games until you finish your homework. And they have to sit there and finish it. We can't sit, you, you know, what would what would we think if we saw a child in the store, right? And I'm pretty sure everyone has seen it. There's a child in a store just throwing a fit, throwing a fit because their parent won't buy them candy, right? Or buy them a toy, just throwing a fit, just going crazy, yelling, screaming, crying, yelling. I'm pretty sure we've all seen it. And I'm pretty sure that most of us, some of us has been there ourselves as children. And to the child, they can't understand the concept of, well, honey, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, so I'm not going to give you that toy. Or we have food at home. I'm not going to get you candy. Or you didn't, you know, you didn't do this. You didn't do this to do that. You know, there's a process for it, honey. Like, why is it that you're throwing this fit, this temper tantrum, and you haven't even gone through the process? You haven't even, you haven't gone, done your homework yet. You haven't passed a class last marking period. Why would I reward you when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing? And essentially, that is what the story of Haggai is about. And today, we're going to be taking it into consideration from another point of view right the point of view of what why what is it that really makes God want to go to such lengths to bless you because most people would say that's a lot of work right to kind of deal with someone to kind of Put up with their antics, put up with their tantrums, put up with the way that they are. And nobody's perfect, but most people would say that that situation isn't them or, you know, at least I wasn't like that when I was a kid or at least, you know, you're dealing with me and not with them. They're worse. And to God is not like that. His love is so vast. He's so compassionate. He's so loving and so wanting for you to be blessed that he will literally do anything. He'll do anything for you to get it. 
I think one of the most beautiful things that I've ever been told in my rampage or in my rant, in my complaining, was my brother. He told me, hey, I know you're upset right now, but you're going to be successful even if I have to drag you there. If you're kicking and screaming and I have to drag you there, you know, I have to pull you by your ear. If I have to pull you by your shirt, whatever it takes, you're going to be successful. And really uh, something like that, you know, there's a kind of love that you have for somebody that just isn't like it's not, you know, it's not normal. Right. Because it's a decision. And most people, when they make decisions, never have their heart 100 percent into it right when you tell your boss that you're going to come into work and you're going to do your very best yeah you're going to do your very best but only if he's going to pay you that paycheck at the end of the week right as long as it's good for you and it's good for him you guys are set but i guarantee you you'd call out of work if you got another job offer to start that same day that was going to pay you 10 times two times even if it was five dollars ten dollars more an hour you'd hop on that opportunity it's for people for most people dealing or going through something it's only good for them if it's only good for them is they're perfectly fine with it but that's not how God works. God doesn't work in the way of if it's only good for you, it's only good for them. So God loves us, right? It is a supernatural love that we cannot wrap our minds around, right? The Bible also says that if a parent, right? Because nobody's perfect, a parent. That's not considered perfect, that does the best that they can, probably falls short sometimes. If a parent that does absolutely everything for their child loves them no matter what. If you're a parent, you know this. You know this absolutely. This is absolutely true. You do absolutely what's best for them, even if they don't see it, even if they don't understand it. No matter if they throw a tantrum or they're 20 years old, they don't call you all the time. They don't talk to you all the time. They don't tell you what's going on in their lives. You know, even if then you still love them. The Bible says that how much more does your heavenly father love you and how much more he's willing to do like because you got to think about it he knew you before your conception he formed you and molded you he knows how many hairs are on your head he knows what you're thinking about he knows about your dreams he knows about your ambition because he's placed it all there he created you he's, you're his perfect creation his absolute perfect creation and more so, what's more incredible is that he loves us so much and he's willing to do whatever it takes to see us shine and be an example of him so much that he'll absolutely keep you from doing anything silly or stupid or ridiculous or something that's just not gonna, that's just not gonna prove to the world that you're the son of a king, you're the daughter of a king. So this story, so going back to the story of Haggai, the prophet, when he came and he had told them, he said, hey, you have to build God's house and you have to consider the way that you're thinking. Because if you're constantly thinking in a selfish tone, when God is in your way, there's no moving him. They, you know, it's easy to say, 
oh wow this mountain's in my way you you'll be able to scale the mountain you know you'll be able to dig a hole through the mountain to get through it you'll be able to fly over the mountain you know you'll be able to do what you need to do to an extent with a certain amount of work but if god's the mountain if god is the one that's in your way man then you're gonna have to conform and change and have to do what it is that he wants you to do because he's not there's no way that you can compete against that he's the creator of everything so you have to think of life as when you're on your journey to do this thing that you can't be so singular in your way of thinking i feel that when most people want to do something even if they have good intentions they're so focused on trying to do it their way that they're so focused on trying to be right that they kind of lose that you know they kind of lose themselves in not lose themselves in what it is that they're trying to do but they kind of lose themselves in the idea of what it is that they want to do and it's so easy to kind of get wrapped up in yourselves and get wrapped up in ourselves and our idea of what it feels to be right because in all honesty you know we don't feel like well it's not that we don't feel like but it's not other people waking us up in the morning right we wake ourselves up in the morning there isn't someone making us breakfast we ourselves are making breakfast if we eat breakfast and we're going to work and that's kind of the way of thinking that can get you trapped in there that I'm doing this and I'm pushing to do this and I need to get there and I need to do that and it has to be you get so wrapped up in it's I it's me it's what I gotta do and it's what I gotta get done that we forget that he's the one that created us and gave us life so it's not about us he redeemed us so it's about him and what he wants done and making him happy and all the things that he's trying to accomplish because if we push towards what God wants in everything that we're trying to do, eventually and assuredly, everything else in our lives will be taken care of, literally. The most perfect way, the most perfect realization is once you realize what a purpose is, right? Once people fight not people fight but people look so much they look for so long for this thing to feel a part of and if you're a college student if you're young i'm pretty sure you know what the what i'm talking about pretty much from the age of 15 to like 30 you're trying to figure out who the heck are you and you're looking for this sense of belonging that you like you deserve to be here that you need to be here that you belong here and we're constantly looking for that and once you find it it's almost like it kind of like consumes you it takes it takes a form of its own and um me when i was young it was all about my group of friends and i would do anything for them if they wanted to go to the city we'd go to the city hang out we'd stay out really really late you know it was kind of like this community of you know well i got your back and i'm gonna be there for you no matter what and that kind of decision making if you know what i'm talking about can kind of obscure it can really obscure what 
you know blur the lines between right and wrong because when you're willing to do anything for somebody or you just you make the decision to be there for them you kind of overlook the backstabbing you overlook the not being treated right uh the you know being forgotten about you know you kind of just oh well these are my boys you know we do everything together these are you know who are brothers blah 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 and you kind of get wrapped up in that mindset but it's the same it's literally the same thing of what if you relate it to god that's what god wants but it's more it's real it's not a one-sided thing it's two-sided and you can never outgive god in anything so we always try to you know we always try to when we hear this story that wow god wants to bless me he wants to do this for me we think that is coming from a place where there's an attachment there's a what if you know there's a maybe or there's a i don't know maybe i should just do it myself and it's he's really not like that he's your co-laborer he was you know he died on the cross and he rose to heaven not for himself but for you and yeah you may hear that or you may have heard that so many times and it's kind of just in the back of your mind like okay yeah jesus came he died for me but no he really he died for you he died for you know your name there that's that's who he died for he didn't just die for me he didn't just die for um the person in a random country that you know he died for everybody and him putting this story this him putting this story in the bible is just him man i can only imagine how badly you could want someone to understand where it is that you're coming from i think being misunderstood or being um thought of in a careless manner can drive someone crazy can you imagine trying to tell somebody that you love them and you care about them and for some reason for whatever it may be they just don't get it they like don't like you know it, from something as small as moving furniture to another place all the way to you know um being there for you when you're going through a life-changing situation like you just don't feel like that person is going to be there even though they've told you a million times that they would be and even though they've come to your aid every single time you've called them you know and we treat God like that all the time and this story is I know it's teaching us a very valuable lesson and a very amazing lesson on how and what it is to be blessed and God wanting us to be obedient and also about coming to terms with making a decision of whether or not we love God or not cuz ultimately if we love someone that's what we're going to do we're going to do anything it is for them you know you ever seen anyone that was first in love or you've been first first in love for the first time even if you haven't even told the person yet that you love them you know you buy them coffee you know you give it to them oh that's so sweet you know but in the back of your mind you're like dang Wow, this person really loves the fact that I got them coffee. And, uh, I, I hope I got it the right way. You know, you know, you go through all these crazy emotions. But with <laughs> with God, we always kind of misunderstand, and 
and he's always trying to do the most perfect thing for us and I think that we can do a way better job of at least just wanting to understand where he's coming from right that I feel like that's the least we can do for the creator of the universe who in all honesty didn't have to give us life didn't have to give us dreams and ambition and give us goals and give us our mind of our own you know he didn't have to born us at the time that we were born give us a purpose give us all these desires that we long for he didn't have to do any of that 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 honestly is a gift on its own so this story is really honestly I feel like it's a cry out from God to want his children to know how bad he's willing to go how bad he's willing to love us right how badly and and madly in love he is for us what he's willing to go through and do to just be by our side not even us be by his side but to be by our side right for us to know that hey i'm here with you we're gonna take over we're gonna conquer we're gonna be okay we're gonna push past this you're better than that you're stronger than this you're unbreakable no one can defeat you you're my son you're my daughter i absolutely feel if you read the story and you read it over and you read it over again you really start to feel what god is crying out for and yeah he's crying out for uh he was crying out for the nation to listen and to be obedient to go out and and to tell people about him but you know when you love something you're gonna tell someone about it i remember when uh, a couple years ago every every couple months or so i get like a food obsession (laughs) about something that i either saw on instagram or something that i found out randomly and a couple years ago i remember that every what every monday after classes i would go and hang out with my friends at um, this mall and we would get well i would get a milkshake I would get this amazing milkshake from Cold Stone called the Cake and Shake. It was a cake batter milkshake. It was phenomenal. I'm telling you, I can like remember the taste right now. It was incredible. And I would always get it. Every Monday, once a week, it was my thing. It was my treat. And it got to the point where people started asking me, like, dude, what is that? And I was like, bro, this is the most amazing milkshake that I've ever had in my entire life. And it has cake in it. I've never had a milkshake with cake blended in it. Like, it's amazing. You gotta try it. And then it was like, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't sound too good. It sounds like it's too much. Like, eh, it's kind of silly. Putting cake and ice cream like you're trying to have a heart attack or something. And I'm like, no. Seriously. This thing is, like, amazing. You gotta try it. So, I got one friend to try it. And he was like, yo, this thing's amazing. So, me and him would start to get one every week then I started telling more people about it like hey yo you should come to Cold Stone with us you need to try this thing with us if you've never had it before it's a milkshake but it has cake in it it's like amazing and then you can put like cake and other stuff in it so you can literally have like a cake batter Oreo cake 
milkshake like it's crazy. <laughs> and people would come. And I would tell all my friends about it to the point where we were all pretty much every Monday out at Coldstone, you know, getting these milkshakes together, you know, just do, you know, until we pretty much got tired of it. But, you know, the whole point is that I love that silly little milkshake to the point where I started getting it every week. And then after getting it every week, I convinced other people to get it with me every week and you know, there's just no replacement for the decision to, like, love God or to love something or someone. It really does change the way that you look. It changes the way that you act, and it changes your behavior. And the most incredible thing is that if you put that amount of care and time into loving God, you're going to see how your language starts to change and the way you talk to people starts to change and the way that you act around people and treat people start to change literally it's like uh it's like uh man you ever seen those makeovers where they like take somebody and they do like a complete wardrobe makeover and like a makeup makeover like it does, the person doesn't even look the same anymore afterwards and literally that's what god does when you make the decision to live Haggai that story when you make the decision to live like oh yeah I'm gonna make the decision to love God and to love my neighbor and to just do my absolute best every single day for him really it changes everything about you about who you are you know people will start to ask you how are you doing it what it is that you're doing and you know i think that's like the beautiful thing is that even if you're too shy or you don't want to tell anyone people kind of come to you anyway and ask so i want to tell you guys this really quick story about when i i guess my transformation was starting to take place i guess like, it's really hard for me to tell when any of this started for me, to be honest, because when, it, you know, my journey's kind of weird, but when I had first started coming, um, I was going through a terrible breakup. It was really bad. At least for me, anyway, it was really bad. So I was, like, starting... I was really shutting people out, you know, closing people out of my life, you know, taking, you know, I was crossing, I was going down a list of people, slowly but surely, just cutting them out, not really talking to them anymore, and this was around the same time I had started to come to church, and then go to a Bible study, and kind of just really wrap my head around what the heck is even happening, and I'll never forget, this was probably the most frustrating part of my time first starting to come to church because in the Bible study for maybe about a month or a month and a half man this was such a long time it was a long time um all we talked about was how we have to do our best to love people right we had to do our best to love people and we also had to make an effort to kind of just get rid of hate in our life because it was is 
something that you put a lot of energy into and in all honesty you put a lot of energy into that and it's not something that's going to produce fruit but I was so conflicted and the reason why I was so conflicted because I was doing a really good job at hating people and being distant from people and disliking people and to only talking to my core friends like people I considered family to me I was doing a really amazing job like I was employee of the month of disliking and hating people for a really long time and really when I started to hear that message I started to ask more questions I guess I was like well you know I don't have to do that right like I don't have to love people if I don't want to right I can choose not to make that decision right and I'll never forget I, I'll just never forget because I was so conflicted during that time and I remember when I made the decision in my head to like forgive and to love and man it was a hard decision it took me a really long time to kind of come to terms with that decision and honestly you know be okay with it because you know we always go around and we always say, yeah, 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 I forgive you. But, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgive you. But, you know, I'm never going to forget what you did and blah, 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 and revenge and all that stuff. But to honestly forgive someone and have what they did to you not have power over you is completely different. So it took me a long time. And when I was finally able to kind of come to terms with my decision and kind of tell myself well you know God's forgiven you for all of the dumb things you've done and you know what's doing this for him honestly what is it so I I really pushed myself to and it wasn't easy and I feel like even now every single day I have to push myself harder and harder to do it you know because nobody's perfect and you know let's be honest not everybody's <laughs> not everybody is like your favorite person on earth really so this is coming from somebody with a great deal of experience choosing to dislike and choosing to hate and to not just not make that decision to be a kind of co-laborer in um, forming a loving relationship with people for a very, very long time, being closed off for a very, very long time, and not caring for a very, very long time. When I finally made that decision to kind of let God be God and forgive and to love, everything started to change. Everything. It really, and it's still changing. It's still changing me it is still changing me it's incredible so really take that leap of faith take that jump into whatever you feel that is and you know people think that being nice and being kind is uh, weakness and a lot of people think also think that because you're nice that they deserve to walk all over you or 
um, in reverse that because you're nice you can't defend yourself and you let people walk all over you both are wrong no one has the right to walk all over you because you're not a doormat you're not nobody you're the son you're the daughter of a king so nobody has the right to walk all over you and at the same time in the same exact light we shouldn't allow certain things to happen in our lives we shouldn't allow because sometimes things happen and people kind of just nonchalantly like oh yeah it's fine whatever like if someone went and they borrowed my car without asking me that's an issue i'm gonna need to correct that you're not you're not gonna talk to me about it you're not gonna ask me about it like you're not gonna consider talking to me about using my things like you know like hey i know that you probably needed it if you did but you should have ran it by me so that's not cool let's not trust you with my car keys ever again you know it's there's uh <laughs> you know there's a way of dealing with situations but by god's grace he said by god's grace he said you got to turn the other cheek but he only said that you had to do it twice that's all i'm saying he only said to do it twice so don't let people walk all over you it's not right and as a king as a queen there are just some things you just shouldn't no one should have the right to disrespect you and if they do disrespect you i know all situations are different and all different situations call for different answers you should always console about what it is you should do what it is that you want to do get advice on how you should handle the situation but don't just let it fly by don't just let it fly by